Good morning, folks. So if you want to just uh, bring your... Brilliant. Okay, um, for those of you that don't know me, uh, or for those of you that do, you will probably know um, that I've not got a very good sense of direction. I have got a sore throat, so hopefully you'll still be able to hear me. But I've not got a great sense of direction. Um, if I'm new to a place, I have to really, if I'm going somewhere new, I have to really concentrate hard and kind of look out for the landmarks so that I can then retrace my steps to uh, get back. So I'm really relieved that we have things like sat-navs and apps on phones to kind of help get to different places. Um, I once famously drove over, no, I didn't drove, uh, drive over. I drove all the way to the Woolwich Ferry and my destination was Dartford. Okay, for those of you at local, you know there's a shorter route which is over the Dartford Bridge. But I followed the sat-nav because I thought, oh, you know, the sat-nav knows. It knows all things, right? So it knows that maybe there's an accident on Dartford Crossing, so I'm not going that way. Little did I know um, that wasn't the case. So I rocked up to Woolwich Ferry. Um, and for those of you that don't know, that's a really, really wrong direction to be trying to cross the river. Okay, so um, that's the kind of sense of direction that I have. Um, and when Russ found out, um, I had a panicked phone call to him. Um, and he, I didn't know that he had his phone on speakerphone. So the rest of his office just packed out laughing when they knew. Okay, that's my kind of sense of direction. Okay, this morning we're going to be talking a little bit about journeys. But to start off with, um, this picture coming up is Betty. Some of you will know Betty. She's our youngest. Um, is it there? Oh, it's coming. Is it coming? <laughs> Betty's on the way. There she is. Okay. So that's Betty. And on this day, she had a big rucksack on because she was just heading off to do her Duke of Edinburgh Award. I don't know if you've heard of that before. It's like a bronze award she was doing. And it's made up of loads of different things. So and one of the things you have to do is go out on this big expedition, which is like a really big walk or like long adventure. So in the summer, we dropped her off in the middle of nowhere. Uh, she had loads of miles to walk one day to end up at this particular place, set up camp, and then had to do it all over again the following day and then get back. So this was Betty um, getting ready for her expedition and she needed to take lots of things. So this is where, because this is an all-in service, and that means we've got all ages in with us, um, I need a little bit of help for this. Okay, so we're just going to double check some of the things that she needs. So, Ben, I'm, I've selected you. You didn't know that, did you? Okay, but I've selected you. Could you come and give me a hand? Okay, so this is the very same rucksack that she used. Ooh, thank you, Joe. Okay. Um, but to start off with, just in case it rained, she needed to uh, put on a waterproof. Could you do that for me? Thanks. Super duper. In you go. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. That's it. On you go. Arm in. Excellent. Nicely done. Well done. Okay. Rucksack on your back. Are you ready? Okay. We're going to load you up. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. One arm in. Quite light at the moment, Ben. Yes, but it might not be soon. Okay, just turn to the side so everyone can see you. Excellent. Brilliant. So, okay, so we've, we've made a start. Waterproof rucksack. But because she was um, camping, she also needed a tent, right? Because otherwise she got nowhere to sleep. 
Okay, you ready? Yeah, this is a four-man one. She didn't have, yeah, a smaller one. Sorry about that, Ben. There we go. Okay, all right. Yeah, doing good. Okay, uh, and then she needed something to sleep in. Yeah, so sleeping bag. Okay, in we go. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, I might need a little bit of help. Libby, can you help? You're a little bit taller than me. It's got stuck on there. Thank you. Okay, okay, so we've got a tent... We've got a sleeping bag. Oh, did I, was I trying to put it in with a lid on? It's not called a lid. What's it called? I don't know what it's called. Anyway, um, okay. Uh, first aid kit, yeah, just in case. Plasters, you know, all the essentials. Bike cream, just in case a mozzie comes up and nips you in the night. Okay. Uh, and eventually, you know, you've got to be prepared for all kind of weather. We're in Britain. Even in summer, you might need one of those. Yeah, perfect. So we've got a hat. Uh, gloves, yeah, just in case it gets a little bit nippy. Yeah, I know it was a warm summer this summer, but at night time it can still get a little bit cold. Okay, excellent. Ready, excellent. Okay, now a few more essentials. Ah, yes, the very thing that I'm not very good at. Obviously you need a map, yeah, so you can see where you're going. Work out where you're going, okay? Get that ready, make it look like you know what you're doing. Brilliant. Um, some other things. Oh, yes, my goodness me. At night time, it gets very dark. Okay, so need a torch. In that goes. Oh, we've got all sorts of things happening with this torch. Sorry, everyone. Did I just do that in your eyes? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's, got, it's got a life of its own. Okay, there we go. The torch is off. That's an exciting torch, isn't it? In it goes. Sorry. Okay, some more essentials. Definitely need toilet roll. Yeah, okay. You, you can never be prepared for anywhere to have loo roll. Okay, need some water. You need to fill that up because you've forgotten to do that, but don't do that now. It's okay, stay here. In it goes. How's it feeling on the back? All right at the moment? Okay, don't forget your toothpaste and some snacks. Okay, she did take more snacks than just Twix. <laughs> But because um, it was a lengthy journey, that would have been a little bit remiss of me as a parent just to give her one little mini Twix bar. But there we go. Okay, so we're packed up. Oh, hold on a minute. I've forgotten something, Ben. Let's just tuck this back. Here we go. Do it up. Excellent. You can't go in those shoes. Sorry. So proper walking boat boots. You know, you don't know what you're going to come up against. So come on, those shoes off. Here we go. Oh, that was nicely done. Well done. Here we go. Yeah, don't fall over and don't knock me out with the rucksack. There we go. Excellent. Oh, will they fit? What size are you? Oh, they won't fit. Whoopsie, sorry. Ah, <laughs> oh, they're mine. Sorry, they're size six. Okay, don't wreck them. Okay, we've got the point. Okay. Are you seven and a half? Oh, my goodness, Ben, that's amazing. Ridiculous, is that the word? Okay, no, amazing. Ah, oh, nicely done. Oh, we're doing them up. Excellent. Okay, so rucksack, check. Tent, check. Sleeping bag, check. Clothes. Oh, whoops, I forgot those, but, you know, you'd have your own clothes. First aid kit, check. Snacks, check. Waterproof, check. Walking boots, check. How are you doing there, Ben? Okay, ready to stand up? Nearly done. These are a little bit tricky. Okay, don't forget your map. Okay, excellent. Okay, don't worry about those, they can stay there. 
Brilliant. Let's take a look at you. Looking good. Stay there, stay there, stay there. Brilliant. We ready? Ready? Okay. The thing is, she wasn't ready. Betty was not ready. Even though she had all of this, she just wasn't ready because one of the biggest decisions that she had to make about that weekend was who she was walking with. Didn't matter that she had all of this stuff. What was really important was who she was doing the journey with because she knew she couldn't do it on her own. And all of, her, all of the other people that were doing it had to choose which group of people they wanted to do it with. They had to choose who they were going to walk with. And that was pretty much the most important decision of that whole weekend of her because she knew that without being with the right people, without walking with the right people, she might get scuppered and not actually make it. Okay, so can we just give a little round of applause for Ben? Thank you very much. Thank you, Ben. Don't worry about putting it away. That's great. Do you want to take that off? Maybe you could go over to Libby and ask Libby to help you take that off. Oh, are you all right? You're all good. Excellent. Brilliant. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for your help. So over the last few weeks, we have been thinking about loving God with our whole heart, our soul, and our mind. And we've been referring to Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37, which says those words, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And loving God is a bit like going on this adventure with him, going on this journey. You're right there, Ben. Well done. You've not overheated. Okay. But it's something that involves our heart, our soul, and our mind. And we might not know exactly where the path will lead us from day to day. We might not be sure of the weather or whether we'll be going uphill or downhill, whether we'll be walking on dry ground, crossing through rivers, or in muddy terrain. But what we do know is that if we choose to love God, we will do this journey of life with him. And how do we know that? We know that because he promises to be with us. In fact, even one of the very names of God, Emmanuel, actually means God with us. So the focus this morning is not so much kind of where we're going while we're walking, but it's about who we're walking with. And to help us think about that, we're going to be looking just briefly at two different walks that you can find in the Bible and looking at who those people walked with. One of them is in the New Testament and one of them is in the Old Testament. Okay, so one in the first half, one in the second half of the Bible. So kids, if you're in here, you will have a pot of stuff. In there, you've got lolly sticks, glue sticks, pens, some paper, bits of paper. Paper, bits of paper? Some paper. Um, you're going to be making a finger puppet. Okay, you're going to be making several finger puppets so that later on you can retell the story that we're telling this morning. Okay, so you need to keep listening because there's going to be instructions coming as you go along. Okay, uh, the younger ones of you um, who might find that a bit tricky are helping to make a paper chain, and I'll talk to you about that later on because that's going to represent a big, long journey. Okay, we'll come back to that later. So the first story, the Israelite people had been slaves for years in Egypt. And we join the story this morning with Moses has led them. He's just been told that they're free to go and off they go. And about, you know, over two million people start out on this big, massive, long journey to the promised land. And it's a land that is full of good things. That's where they're heading for. But their journey takes them through a desert. 
Now, we've had a long, hot summer this year. Um, I don't know if you can remember those two days in particular down here where it hit 38, 39 degrees. Remember that? And we literally walked out of the front door and it felt like you'd opened the oven door. It was so hot. Um, it kind of, or you could shut your eyes and just pretend you're on holiday, you know, getting off a plane somewhere. Oh, I'm in my street. It's not quite the same. Um, okay, but in the desert, in the heat of the day, temperatures are typically really hot, like really, really hot. But the thing is that even though it gets really hot in the day, at night, the temperatures can really, really drop and it can get really, really cold. Now, I know some of the youth um, had a camp out over the summer in uh, Mike and Khadija's back garden and it got super cold. Shekinah, did it not get cold? It was, I think, probably on record, you were the coldest person there that weekend, yeah. So it got really, really cold. You know a thing or two about getting cold at night. Now, in the desert where the Israelites were journeying and walking, it was this massive, long journey. Um, Daisy, what is the longest walk you have ever been on? Any ideas? Anyone else? Has anyone else been on a really long walk? Ben? Around the farm, going around a farm, because that was a long walk. Yeah? How, how long did it take you? How many? Eight miles, okay. Eight or nine miles, that's pretty long. Can anyone get better than eight or nine miles? Hannah? Five or six hours. You got lost, okay, Switzerland, hill walking, that's a bit of up and down as well, isn't it? So that's, that's a pretty major walk. Anyone else? Any, any takers on five hours? Oh, oh, Betty, do you hear? Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, okay, that took a little bit longer as well, didn't it? Two whole days. Okay, well, this walk that we're talking about with the Israelites, it took them 40 years. Okay, so imagine starting the walk when you're 10, year old, 10 years old and finishing it when you're 50. Okay, so Nat, that's a bit like, how old are you? 10. Russ, how old are you? Ah, Russ is the other side of 50. So it's a bit like, Nat, you start the walk at your age and end it at Russ's. Woo! That's a long walk. Okay. Um, but let's remember what we're focusing on. We're focusing on who we're doing the walk with. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to the second book in the Bible called Exodus. We're going to look at chapter 13 and just a couple of verses from chapter from verse 20. If you've not got your Bibles, it'll appear on the screen, so don't worry. So it's Exodus 13 and a couple of verses starting at verse 20. And it says this, after leaving Succoth, they came, sorry, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. So there's this massive cloud, this massive fire that showed people the way, giving them light so that they could see where they were going. And the cloud would give them protection from the heat of the sun and the fire would give them protection from the cold of the night and what these verses say is neither the cloud of the, or the fire left its place in front of the people. 
It was with them day and night. It was a sign that God himself was with them. God's very presence with them. So kids, you've got a finger puppet. I want the first finger puppet to be a picture of you. So draw it on your bit of paper. Stick your lolly stick on so you can hold it as a finger puppet. Your second finger puppet, on the front you do a picture of cloud and on the back a picture of fire, okay? So you've got one is you, one is cloud, one is fire, okay? You can keep going while I keep talking, okay? And at one point in this journey, the Egyptian soldiers begin to chase after the Israelites. If those of you have kind of heard some of the stories in the Bible or know the Bible a bit, you probably will have heard this story before. They come to what seems like this impossible place with soldiers coming up fast behind them. Um, and in front of them, there's this massive big block of water, this sea. But with a mighty miracle, God makes a way opening up the water in front of them so that the Israelite people can walk safely through on dry land and then closes up the water behind them. So they cross the Red Sea and they carry on their journey. But the thing is, while they're carrying on their journey, you know, they're starting to get a bit hungry, a bit tired, a bit hot, a bit cold, a bit sweaty, all those kind of things. And they, you know, when they, things start to get tough, we often start to moan. We grumble a bit, right? That's what we do as human beings. Uh, we wish things could be different. We wish things could be back to what they once were. We just wish it wasn't like this, whatever this is. And that's exactly what the Israelites did. They were hungry. And even though God had been faithfully with them, pillar of cloud, pillar of fire, every single day and night, they moaned. So we join the story again in Exodus chapter 16 and verses 11 and 12. So God's heard about the mumbling and grumbling. And he says this to Moses. I've heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. So they've been moaning about not having enough food. God gives them food. And he says, then you will know that I am the Lord your God. And what is he saying here? He's saying, then you will know that I am with you, that I walk with you, that I'm everything that you need. So God sends quail in the evening. Um, kids, anyone know what quail is? It's not your normal kind of burger and chips. Anyone got an idea what quail is? Heard of quail? Pardon? It's not like wheat. Good idea, though. Any other suggestions of what quail is? Hmm. Seed? No? Good try again. I'll tell you, it's a small bird. It's a bit like a little chicken. Well, actually, it's nothing like a little chicken, but it's a little bird, okay? Um, that's more of what, what a quail looks like. Um, okay, but God sent quail in the evening, and he sent manna, which was a bit like pieces of bread, but tasted a bit like honey and melted by the evening. So they had to make sure they collected what they needed each day. But he gave enough of that for over two million people every single night and every single day. Now, I think that is some pretty awesome provision. That is a pretty awesome way of God saying, I am with you. 
He walked with them. It's like he gave everything that they needed in their rucksack. But more than that, not just the provision that they needed, but he was walking with them. So kids, you've got another lolly stick. On your third lolly stick, two sides again. On one side, picture of a quail. Think little chicken. And on the other side, manna, okay? So the Israelite people experienced this provision for 40 years. 40 years of being given everything that they needed. 40 years of God with them. Now, I don't know what your journey looks like at the moment, um, whether you would think to yourself, I'm in a good place, or, man, this has been tough. The last few weeks, the last few months, the last couple of years has been tough. But I want to say to you, whatever your journey looks like, God is with you. He is totally, totally faithful. And when we choose to love God, and when we choose to walk with him, he promises to be with us every single step of the way. Okay, let's look at our second journey. So this is in the New Testament. And if you've got, again, if you've got Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 24. We're going to read from verses 13 to 18, okay? And just so I can give you a bit of context around this story, this is where we get to see two people who are sad, confused, disappointed, scared, because what has just happened is they have seen the very person they have loved and followed for the last few years die on a cross. And they're like, he was our hope. Like, he's not here anymore. And they had heard rumors that, uh, you know, maybe his body wasn't where it had been laid. But they were really confused. And they were kind of walking on their way to this place called Emmaus. They just didn't know that he'd actually come alive again by this point. So this is how we join the story at verse 13. Now that same day, two of them, that's Jesus' friends, were going to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. So all the fact, you know, all the story that had unraveled before Jesus had been crucified. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? Like, are you kidding me? You don't know what has been happening? And they carry on their journey and they arrive to where they're going and the friends invite Jesus to stay with them for the evening and then they sit down for something to eat. And in verse 30 it says this, when he was at the table with them, he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Jesus had been walking with them the whole time. They just hadn't realized. So your fourth lolly stick, kids, a picture of Jesus, okay? I don't, we don't know what he actually looks like. There's a little cartoon drawing there. You just go for it. 
So two bewildered, grieving friends, and where was Jesus? Jesus was right alongside them, walking with them. They couldn't see it was him until he reminded them of his death, until he broke the bread. Jesus' death on the cross is the greatest picture of God's love for us, of him forever walking with us. Jesus took on our sin and our shame. And by that, I mean the cross is the place where Jesus said that every wrong thing, every bad thing, every sad thing, every hard thing, I'm experiencing this for you now so that you don't have to do this on your own. So that you will know that you will never, ever, whatever you go through, you will never, ever be separated from the love of God. So that you know that I love you, and I am always, always with you, walking every step of the way with you as you choose to walk with me. I love it that it's in that moment of remembering the cross that they're like, oh, it's you, Jesus. You were with me the whole time. And I love what the friends say later um, when they realize it was Jesus that they've been walking with. And they said, didn't our hearts burn within us? You know, there's something about walking with Jesus that you won't find from walking with anybody else. There's something that burns within us, something that comes alive in us. When we're with him, we come to understand more and more that we are deeply, deeply known and deeply, deeply loved, just as we are. And this has the potential to impact everything that we do. You know, even in difficult times where we might find it hard to see, he is the kindest, truest friend, always with us, always for us, never walking off or leaving us to fend for ourselves. He is the one we can trust with the people that we love. He is the one that we can trust with the deepest parts of ourselves, with our past, with our present, and with our future. He's a good choice to be of a person to be walking with. Um, I am older than Russ. Um, I am 53. And I, I am privileged, I feel, that I don't know a day where I feel like I've not known Jesus. Like my parents know Jesus. And it's just in our house. We just kind of talked about Jesus, talked to Jesus. And... Um, you know, as a 53-year-old, uh, married, with three children, we've seen some life, right? Everybody sees some life. Um, we've had times that have been hard. We have had times that have been easier. But I absolutely, absolutely know for sure that Jesus has been with me every single step of the way, even in the hard times, even in the times where I will be on my face, crying out, where are you? His presence has been with me. It might sound like a contradiction, but I absolutely know. If you don't know Jesus this morning and you're like, what, how can you say that? Come and chat with me later. I'd love to uh, just say more. As we love Jesus, he walks with us, whatever our situation, whatever our journey looks like. And as we walk with him, he becomes our way ahead. He is the way because he is with us. So kids, you should have four ping finger puppets. I nearly said finger 
finger puppets, that's not right, four finger puppets that you can retell both of these stories. All right, so I will have a look at them later. I'll come around and see how you've got on. Okay, but in Psalm 139, which is like probably my most favourite ever psalm, uh, it's such a personal psalm for me, uh, the writer says this, you hem me in behind and before. And in verses 7 to 10, uh, the writer says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Like, there is nowhere that I can go that God's presence is not with me. And that is the same for every single person in this room, for every single person out there. Um, kids, has any of you made a paper chain? Can I just borrow a paper chain? Abby, can you bring yours up a minute? Abby, you hold one end. Um, Nat, can you come and hold this end for me a minute of Abby's one, a second? Okay, so we've got, we've got brilliant. Well done, good job. And we've got some others here as well. And actually, if we put them together, they'd be even longer. Okay, what did I say? I said this is going to represent a bit of a journey, okay? And that bit that I've just read in Psalm 139 said, you hem me in behind and before. This is my journey. I'm going this way. I take another step. You hem me in behind and before. I take another step. You hem me in. You're behind me. You're before me. I take another step. You're behind me. You're before me. You're behind me. You're before me all the way along, whatever my life looks like. God, you're behind me. You're before me. You're behind me. You're before me. All the way along, whatever our journey looks like, through hard times, through good times, God is behind us. He is before us. He is always around us as we go along. So as you hang your paper chains up, maybe back in your bedroom, I want you to remember that God is always, always with us. Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Nat. So I guess my question as I'm kind of coming into finish now is, who are you walking with? If we love God, we choose to walk with him. God knows our journey. He knows where we've walked so far. He knows our stories, every single detail of them the highs, the lows, everything in between, the parts of it that we don't want anyone else to know. He knows all those things. He is with us. He has heard everything that we have heard. He has heard everything that we have said. He knows every single feeling that we have felt. He is with us. And if you don't yet know him this morning, he's inviting you to choose to walk with him because he loves you. So he's not only our torch, our map, our provision, all those things. He is our companion. He's our deepest, truest friend. And he walks with us. 